you know, uh, and I always go back to uh, when I started at IBM. I started at the very bottom. I mean, the worst job on that line, the new kid got it. <laughs> you know, so you can stay mad and remain in that place, or you can eventually go up. That's the way life is. We're saved, and the only thing we know at the time is that I'm saved. Our text verse last week when we started this study, we read Acts 13, and we want to read that verse over again as we start, and then we won't spend a lot of time reviewing. We'll go right into it because it's all the same thing. But Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 God said here in the 36th verse, he said, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid into his father's and saw corruption. After I'm completely doing what God has intended me to do, I'll go home. I'm not going to die one minute before time. I'm not going to get any overtime on my life. But God saved me and put me here for a purpose. I do that purpose. I enjoy life. Or I endure life. In my time here on this earth, I've enjoyed life and I've endured life. And there's probably been more of enduring than enjoying. But most people that way. But I started out saying there's two days in my Christian life that I especially thank the Lord for. The day I got saved and the day I found the will of God. Those are the most two important days in my life and they're the most important days in your life. But there are some people who never, absolutely never, find the will of God for their life. Because they're waiting until the opportunity comes along that they can do in this life what they want to do. I may never do what I want to do in the flesh but that's no problem because God designed me and you that he's going to give us the body the health the strength and he's not going to expect me physically to do what some other person can do he didn't design me that way but he does expect me to do what I was designed to do. Example, no doubt in my mind, God designed me to be a pastor. Because when I felt that God had called me to preach, I laughed on the inside. Yeah, God, I mean, I know you don't make any mistakes, but you blow this one. I mean, you blown this one. Because I didn't feel that I was ever 
had the physical ability, intelligence, or whatever it takes to be a pastor. I didn't think I ever had that. But see, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. And the first thing we got to do with church members are not doing, they're, they're not surrendering themselves and saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, you will have the means for me to know how to do it. You will give me the ability to do it. And he may use the least expect person to show me how. But that will never happen until you say, I surrender, I surrender all. All I want to do is please God. And we can't please God when we don't show up if we're physically able to show up. Well, we finished section two and we started here on section five and that's where we will pick up uh, first we got to ask God the Bible says in James 1 5 James 1 5 if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. Now, the question, and I'm experiencing this right now. My wife had to wear CPAP. That CPAP has been known to cause cancer. She's been in a lawsuit, her and thousands of others, for years. Well, when she died, the insurance called me and said, you know, the lawsuit can go on, but you'll be the representative. I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> you know, well, we'll send you these papers and you just fill them out. I can't fill them out because I don't know what the question is asking. She shows this. She said, I'll take that. I'll do that. And up until she passed away, she took care of everything. I'm not equipped to do that. So they're giving me some time, you know. So that's what I've been doing weeks, you know. Reading every day, two or three hours. Reading words that don't make a lick of sense to me. Because I'm not equipped. This is the text for the child of God. If you're not used to the Bible, if you're not familiar to the Bible, it doesn't make any sense to you. So you don't read. You don't understand, so I don't read. I, I don't read something I don't understand, and I don't understand the Bible. But when God saved you, did you say, hey, I don't understand how this happens. I don't want to be saved. I want to know. No. Our nature is that we will accept things that is easy and we feel is good for us. But most things, most things that keeps us 
healthy, alive, and prosper comes from a higher source. So God said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And I know y'all have heard this, and I hope you believe it. God is easy to talk to. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody and they interrupt? God has never interrupted me. He'll let me read a whole chapter without ever interrupting me. But it may be two or three days later before, hey, I see that. A light bulb came on. I know what God is, is saying. He, that he giveth to all men liberally. That God doesn't have special people that he will reveal things to unless he have chosen them for a special job. So anybody can understand the Bible if they really want to. Not in the depths that maybe somebody else can, you know. But if we need wisdom in a matter, such as knowing God's will, we are told that we can ask God and he will reveal his will. Such a quiz, you don't have to answer out loud. Have you ever just said, said God, I got a question for you. I really don't know what I'm supposed to do. Would you reveal that to me? I mean, we, we talk to our best friends. We talk to our parents, our grandparents, you know. Why don't we ask God? Because he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Nanny and Peppa doesn't. My kids doesn't. I don't. And now God may use people, places, things, and circumstances, one of those four, to reveal to you what he wants you to do. And the devil said, I'm going to keep her busy. I'm going to keep her depressed. I'm going to keep her mad at somebody. And so you never receive, you know. It's just like when I come over here and I've got a certain album or CD and there's a certain place in that CD because I've played it so much that it's playing, but I can't understand it. God is speaking to us sometimes, but we can't understand it because we want to know, God, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Equip me to do it. But he will equip us. That's called growth. James, you know, this is where we must stop and ask. And James 4.2, you know, says that we have not because we ask not. We have not because we ask not. I preached this in Washington, a converted version of this, and I asked a question. Have you ever asked God, God, am I doing things the way you want? Or am I just satisfied with doing them? You know, uh, 
God is not satisfied with just Henrietta showing up. But does Henrietta worship when she gets here? And some days there's a lot on Sister Henrietta. And so she doesn't get as much out of it. Or you or me. And that is seeking God's will. Lord, I'm going to church tonight. I'm going to Sunday school Sunday. I'm going to a prayer meeting. I'm going to a fellowship meeting. If it please you, Lord, would you keep my mind clear that half hour or 45 minutes? People said, people don't pray that way. I do. I do. Because there's nothing as important to me as my morning Bible reading. Well, I guess maybe it is because I have my coffee first. But you say, but but you see what I'm talking about. I don't want a lot of, you know, and that's why that when my three kids were all growing up, I, you know, I started getting up early. I mean, an hour early before I even go to work. So when I went up Russell Cade Road with uh, knowing the sister Henrietta was on there either above, either ahead of me or behind me because we both went up about the same same time. But what she didn't know at that time that I had probably been up two or three hours earlier. And that's why that I'd get up at 4 o'clock or 4.30 now. I've talked to him about that. Because there's no need me waking up that early. But see, I believe God is so in control of our lives, I wake up at 4 o'clock for a reason. And I may die before I ever know that reason. Nothing happens in my life that God doesn't know about. Now, how he's going to respond is how do I handle those things? Somebody asked me, and he said, I said, the only thing is for I was just living by myself. I don't want to somebody and ain't going to nobody. Quite sometimes have a reason. So God talks about seven and verse, you know, beautiful it's about being willing, you know. Do you know the main reason people don't know God's will? Well, it's because they are willing to do God's will no matter what it is. That's a good thing. But let's look at John chapter 7 and verse 17. John 17 says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now, God said, uh, seven, the world can take you, but me testify of it that the works thereof are. We say the problem with so many church members is that they're worldly. Well, what that statement is, is that the world 
excites them more than God does. Because I don't know what God needs to do. But verse 17, as we just read, said, If in will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. How do you find the will of God? That's why reading is absolutely important. And if you can't read, some mornings I I just have a hard time reading. So I got my tapes. And I will put on John, you know, I can bring up the Gospels of John, I'd bring up chapter 17, I'd read that whole chapter. And the good thing about it, and, and said, you know, that everybody ought to the Bible on some place, read it or hear it, you don't consecrate some, sometimes, but reading the Bible, you know, especially if you've got an iPhone, you can read the Bible on your iPhone. You know, allow God do you know that people don't know God's will is because they have never come to a place where they are willing to do God's will no matter what it is. You know, people that can't keep a job, people that can't keep a job is because they're trying to find the job. But if you got three or four kids at home with that liberty, you don't have that right. So to prepare, there's a lot of worldly things that you've got to do that is not can determine the will of God because things you did. One thing, you know, the last six months, I've been able to read more, pray more, meditate. People said, you're excited about that. I would give that up to have her back. I the last six months, the world mad at God. What choice do we make? That's what knowing that we're willing to do what God wants me to do. And you may not know your God really wants you to do tomorrow unless you do what you can today. Any man God makes it very clear. If any will do his, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, I speak of myself. You know, we have got no. And uh, the conclusion of this uh, is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. When Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that your body a living like holy God, which is your service. In other words, God is saying, if you do exactly what I want you to do, it's not unreasonable. Why? Because he owns me. And you'd be pretty upset if you needed to go some keys into your car and it starts, but the car won't go anywhere. And you hear a little voice says, we ain't going anywhere today. I mean, that's a silly illustration, but it's exactly what God is saying here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Lost people can't do this. People out of his will can't do this. So it's important that we get back in God's will, that God is first. And when you put God first, you'll do a lot of things you want to do. You don't put first, you'll love you. Thanks.
Then he says, of two, you know. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't know whether you had a daddy. I thought I would never forget that, but he's, keep your head on straight, boy. Keep your head on straight. I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to the average Baptist church and saying, congregation, get your head on straight. But yet, you know, I, I don't say anything because uh, God's going to take, take care of it. And if I say anything, I'll wind up making somebody mad. But, you know, uh, what is so important that you got to make a grocery list in church? What's so important that you got to check who's calling? Is somebody in, in intensive care or? You know, we I just go on and on and on, and they're not bashful about it. Well, there's always emergencies, so we ain't. But you know, I can't worship God and think about what I'm going to eat for dinner. And the devil will put that in my mind, your mind. You're sitting there reading. You're you're. You're praying, you're, you're thinking, and all kind of silly thoughts to come to your mind. Who's doing that? The devil is. See, God said, be not conformed to this world. So we could take that first part of that first, and we can go about any avenue we want to go. Be not conformed to this world. How's the world dressing? How's the world talking? What's important to the world? I mean, you know, God's saying, you know, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. And how do we do that? The same way we do anything else. It starts up here. I don't think I've told y'all before. Yeah, I probably told you so many times, you know. I hate to iron. Ironing is the worst. I hate it. I started a few days ago to take all of my shirts that were 15, 20 years old and put them in a bag. I hate them so much I don't set them far. I wouldn't even, I didn't want nobody else to eat. From any, how many people don't have it? How many people got too many clothes that they don't have a place to hang? See, it's let mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. So, you know, when you get the flesh out of it, you, you say, hey, you know, there's people that would love to have those shirts whether they're iron or not. And you put them in a bag, you try to press them, and you take them to the Goodwill, or somebody knows. See, but when we get in the flesh, you know, 
you just have a lady down in Lawrenceburg. I drove visitor. I said, you know, I told you, you you need to start reading your Bible. She said, I can't get my mindset to read the Bible. Every time I try to read the Bible, something happens. Well, it's Lord will. Every time, every time you said I'm going to pray at 7 o'clock in the morning, something will happen at 7 o'clock in the morning. Because the devil knows our weakness. The devil knows my weakness better than I do. First of all, the will of God is good. The world speaks of it that which is beneficial. The will of God brings good things unto life. Secondly, the will of God is acceptable. The word speaks of that which is well-pleasing and brings great satisfaction. When I do what God wants me to do, I get an inward satisfaction. But y'all don't know whether I'll pray in the morning for 10 minutes or half hour or an hour. Y'all don't know whether I'm going to read my Bible tomorrow. You know, you're not around me. But God lives in me. God lives in me. Let that sink in our head. God lives in us. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And the Holy Spirit knows everything you say. Holy Spirit knows everything you want to say. And one day you'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. And that's why when I speak about there is a sin unto death, there is a judgment for what I think about. See, I can't help if something comes to my mind that I shouldn't think upon, but I can help if I entertain it. See, most people, this prime example, most people when they're over with and come to, to the door, they lock the door and pull the shades down. Me not being right, when I see them, I open the door. And they say, where's Jehovah's Witness? I say, hey, man, I am too. And they don't stay holy any time at all. Because I know what kind of witness they are, and they know what kind of witness I am. You know, I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. Most people say, you know, that I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm not afraid to defend my faith to anybody because it came from the Lord. And I'm not ashamed to say I waste an hour of reading or praying or talking to somebody or spending an hour at a, at a hospital with somebody that wish I was dead. See, you serve God because you love God. Following the will of God is how do, do we do that? By being obedient to God's word, by allowing God to guide us. If I was to ask 20 women, does diets work? 19 of them will say no. Why? They don't follow them. All right? I tried running. You tried it a couple of days. You got sore. You stopped. 
You know, I mean, we, that's, that's our makeup. You don't know the Bible by reading it once a day. You know the Bible by living the Bible. <coughs> so, on this last thought on section one, you know, it's following the will of God by being obedient to God's will and by allowing God to guide us. Fulfilling the will of God. How does that happen? By faithfully and fully observing to do God's will. You know, once you know what to do and don't do it, it's sin. James said, He that knoweth to do good and do it not. See, there's a lot of lost people out there drugging, drinking, committing adultery, committing fortification. They don't know any better. All they're doing is following the, the flesh. But once you know, it's sin. Because God said, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. See, God judges us on what we know. So the world got real smart. I heard that. I believe it. It sounds good. So I'm not going to read anymore. I'm not going to search anymore. I don't want to know any more about it. Well, <clears throat> finding the will of God is by asking and then be willing to do God's will. So the invitation, if I was going to give an invitation to us on what I've said, If God showed you tonight what his will for your life was, would you do it? Do you want to know what God's will for your life is? See, now, the catcher is this. I don't know every will God has for Sister Valerie or Sister Henrietta I said, I don't know every will. But if all four of them are saved, I know God's will is for their life to an extent because it's the same for everybody. I don't know whether God's will for you to be a teacher. I don't know whether it's God's will for you to sing or play the piano. I don't know that. But I do know if you're saved and you're healthy enough, God expects you in church. Unless you've got some bad eye problem, he expects you to read. You don't have to read a book a day or a chapter a day. But, you know, somewhere you heard a little, you know, here a little, there a little, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. We learn to do what we want to do. See? 
one time my family had 320 some acres of land. Part of it was tillable, part of it wasn't. And we had a team of horses and a team of mules. Never had a tractor. Never had electricity. Never had a phone. Never had, you know, any of those things. But God gave us the ability to do it. And we had something that most everybody around us, you know, they wish they had that. We didn't have no debt. Only debt we had was the country store where we would put our groceries until the back of stole, you see. And you didn't know about those other things because you didn't know about it. I didn't know I was poor. I didn't know anybody had televisions and, you know, little groomy dogs that they'd spend like I do every so often and get him cut, you know. But God expects us to do this. Following the will of God is being obedient to God's will by allowing God to guide us. Fulfilling the will of God is by faithfully and fully observing to do God's will. By asking and then be willing to do God's will. See, we, first of all, we ask God what he wants us to do. And then we do it. Now, the second part of this study and the third part of this study, I don't want to start that tonight because it's important that I do that all at one session if I can. So this first part is more or less an introductory. An introductory to being all you can be. I don't want to be a better Christian than somebody else because I don't know whether that person's even a Christian. But I want to be all God wants me to be. See, I can't ever be a better singer because I, God has given me that ability. I can pick at the guitar. I've last six months I've started picking on my guitar and started picking on my mandolin. So one of these days, you know, you're going to hear me play something on the mandolin, and you said it'd be all right if he didn't sing. <laughs> but see, there's advantage to a lot of things, but what really matters. Am I doing what I know to do to please God? I love my church. I love every member. But the every church loves their pastor more than they love God. And that's sad. That's sad. God ought to be the first love in my life. 
and I won't close with this. Talked to John the other day, and he said, how did you and Sister Doris stay married to 55 years? She was second in my life, and I was second in her life. God was first in her life. God was first in my life. You put God first, and the blessings will come. But it's not such Sunday morning blessings. It's putting God first. Heavenly Father, we thank you.